sank the dark clouds deeper and ran the wild moon hunting alive with fur and feather as omen apparition we left the moon suspended and leapt back onto the ground Welcome to episode 33 of the Antipodean Arts Podcast. Okay, so we take a big breath and we ask all our beautiful listeners and all of our friends, wherever you find yourself in the world right now, whether it's on the way to work, on the bus, or it's cooking dinner for your family, or it's it's out walking in the country with your dog, I hope you find some peace and some love and some camaraderie with us tonight. I want to acknowledge that Fio and I are joining you from um, so-called West End, so-called uh, Brisbane, from the land of the Yagara and Turrbal people, uh, from the land of the water rat, the Kirilpa, and... Also that I want to acknowledge everyone in this moment throughout the world. Uh, that's a big ask, but to, to send my love and I, and I hope we collectively send our love and our strength and our power and that of our ancestors to everybody, especially those family members of colour who are struggling in this time on this planet. Um, know that your magical family are with you. And we're blessed to be with you tonight and also with an amazing guest. So I would like for you to introduce him now. So we are here with um, someone who I got to uh, meet in uh, Brazil and then also spend time with in the the US. Um, And this is Lilo Asensi and... um, This is a person who is involved in reclaiming and fairy traditions and uh, deeply involved in um, activism and their profession as a psychologist and, um, yeah, just in general a really powerful provocateur um, and, God, what else? Just (laughs) That doesn't sound like the kind of person we'd like to hang out with. What are you talking about? Yeah, I want to throw as many words as possible at it, but at this point in the evening (laughs) I am also stressed because it took us 20 minutes to put this together. And thank you so much for waiting for us while we got our technical difficulties sorted, babe. So let's just get into it. Lilo, how are you? Oh, well, I'm doing great this morning. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here with you both. And I'm doing great this morning. Thank you. Blessings. How are things in, like, I don't I don't know much about what's um, going on in, in Brazil or your region of Brazil, but like in terms of the pandemic, in terms of the, the just kind of the, the civil unrest of the world, like how is that manifesting where you are? How's the apocalypse going there, darling? Oh, it's going great to the end of the world, actually. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of laughing because that's what I can do right well, now. Well that's all we can it... do is laugh. I don't and I don't mean to <laughs> yeah. make Jess of the the gravity of the situation, and... but I'm the same as you. My family if you don't laugh you cry, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. All we can do is sometimes make some jokes to, yeah. make, to make ourselves laugh and at that. Um, the pandemic really hit us here in Brazil. Actually, mm. our numbers are like 
increasing every day. We are just behind the United States. Wow. And we have like that president, like very similar to the United States as well. So our politics are very bad. So yeah, the pandemic is really doing something here. And unfortunately, the numbers are increasing. So mm. it's very, very bad actually. So do you mainly like, are there, are there like uh, government advice restrictions? Like I, are there like, do, are you all told to just stay inside or wear masks in public? Like, is there, is there, I, I know that your president is an asshole and a bigot. Um, so I don't imagine it's coming from that place. Cause I think he denies that it exists, <laughs> but like what's, what's going on in terms of like where you are, how do you, how do you as a community um, in your region all relate to each other's health and welfare? Um, yeah, I live in Rio de Janeiro, here in Brazil, which is a big state and a big, ci- big city. So we, uh, it seems that the mayor here and all the government here, it's very um, worried about only with the economic economics. So mm. it's all open already, and there's not a good. Um, it's not just going well actually because people are telling you please stay home and please don't go out and please don't do don't, don't throw parties and people are throwing parties and doing stuff and they are not like really acknowledging that there is a pandemic happening like mm. we we had just done the, a picture of our beaches here in brazil like we are famous for our for our beaches here in brazil and it was crowded of people oh no really. Are not taking care of themselves here, and our government are not doing a great job with that. Like, there's some there's some notifications, and sometimes we see some things like stay stay safe or stay home or use your masks. But our our own government doesn't show a really good example. Like mm. our our president don't have this example, this good example. He doesn't so, wear a mask for his interviews or. Anything he's no. doing, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Actually, he was like proposing a treatment for the coronavirus that is not allowed. That is that is not working for anyone. That sounds like familiar. Using... <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What I, What is your president's I'll... really exciting? Uh, you know, snake oil that he's decided to spruik to all of you. What? Sorry. <laughs> Sna- snake oil is like, I don't know, like bullshit. <laughs> What's a bullshit remedy that that your president has uh, put forward to the people that would be a good solution? Oh, oh, okay. I, I think it's chloroquina. Or, yes, or something it's, like it sounds the same as America, that coloquexidine or whatever it is. It's like a... <laughs> I, it's like a, a, a treatment yeah. for like yeah malaria, but only if you have one specific type of malaria, and if you take you know multiple tablets of it, and if you're mm. not sick, it kills you. Yeah, that was a little Trump remedy. Oh, also that and like shooting up disinfectant. Mm. Yeah, which is. Let's move on from this grim region because <laughs> we, we have an amazing guest and I don't want to dwell there too long. But no, but yeah. I'm, we, yeah, we're all, I feel like we're in the same boat in a lot of ways. So I just wanted to know what it was like there for you. 
So Lilo, could you tell us a little bit about your witchcraft practice and um, how it's connected to Brazilian, like to, to land and also to folklore? Yes, yes, sure. Um, I've been practicing witchcraft for more than 10 years right now. And my practice was always connected to something very Wiccan because that's what we have in Brazil. Like most of the times we didn't have any other sources of kind of, of types or different kinds of witchcraft here because we don't have that much books published here in Portuguese already. So it's very recently that I had the chance or the confidence to try to find other books or other sources about witchcraft. And then I came across with people talking about, oh, if you go and talk to your land, they, the land will talk back to you. And there are some spirits that wants to be heard there. Mm. And when I started to do that work was at the same time that I started the reclaiming community here in Brazil. It, it was about like four or five years ago. Yeah, I think it's four or five years ago. And when it happened, a whole new world opened for me. Mm-hmm. Like the mm-hmm. land was alive and really wanted to talk about a lot of stuff that was like, oh, we need we need to discuss some stuff here. And the spirits were like um, really wanting to have this connection because they really wanted to work with the witches here. And it was really surprising, actually. We, we didn't know that. And we were there for like our whole lives <laughs> i was there for my whole life. I, I was born here in my city and i live here in the same house that my parents live and then my grandparents live so mm-hmm. it's very sacred for me to acknowledge that i live in this place that is ancestry and when i started to have this connection with the spirits it was like we both wanted to have this relationship and it's about relationship, mm. actually. It began, it began to, to build something bigger than me and something really beautiful to experiment, to, to live with, actually. Mm. And do you, does, your, does your family or any of your extended family, because um, also, you know, the Umbanda and Candomblé are, are practiced um, in, in Brazil, so, um, mm-hmm. or Kimbanda as well, I guess. But do you, d- does your family intersect with that? Were you raised Catholic? What, what was the, the kind of stuff going on in your family around spirituality and religion? And mm, That's very interesting because my parents are from Umbanda mm. and they have always been, since I was a little, a little child, like my first, my very first memory of something magical happening is, was when I was at Talking with a spirit, uh, a person who was incorporated with a spirit that was uh, Preta Velha, which is a guide from Umbanda. And she was um, praying and using as leaves and using smoke to make a prayer all around me. And I, was, I, and I felt so safe in the presence of that, of that spirit. And I think that was the start for this connection. So I was raised in a family that always believed that the spirits were there and we just have to reach them. We just have mm. to talk to them and, and, can, and they can not just protect us, but teach us some things that we don't know as a human beings that live just 
in this world, like always running, always working in capitalism and all this stuff. So I think this all comes from there, from this memory. And even though I'm not in, in Umbanda, I have so much respect for this religion and for the work that my parents does till today in this religion. And I, I really thank them because I think it opened my eyes to mm -hmm. the spirit world. And there, there's much more than I couldn't, that I could see when I was younger. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah. it's familiar. <laughs> yeah. I'm crying, so I'm okay. I'm just listening to you speak and understand very much what you're saying. And, and um, yeah, I just need a minute. Sure, I can keep going. to hear you speak <laughs> um, in that way about spirit and about about your culture. Yeah. Um, Lilo, I, I, I don't know. I So when I first met you in the, per, in, in the flesh, um, it was at, uh, I think it was at an iron, uh, like a short form of a, of, of, of a reclaiming inspired iron pentacle class. Um, mm -hmm. and you and your partner came and, um, I don't know, like, so I also, I kind of want to ask you about, um, queerness because I know, and many people know the stories or the idea that, in Brazil, there's a lot of violence towards queer people um, and trans people. Is this accurate? Um, can you speak to that as someone who lives in and breathes in that? I'm I'm curious about that um, as a as a someone who 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 lives who lives it who lives who is a queer person who, and who lives that life your life in Brazil. Mm -hmm. Actually, when I when me and my partner Dio went to your workshop mm -hmm. that day, we were we were just running from homophobic people yeah. who just tried yeah. to hit us, and it was insane. But it was our daily lives here in Brazil. Actually, mm -hmm. unfortunately, we are one of the one of the countries that most kill and murder LGBTQA people in the world. Mm -hmm. Like our our numbers are just increasing because of this extreme right party in the government, and this is insane. And much of the work that I've been doing in my communities, in my witchcraft communities here in Brazil, is for protecting and supporting and healing queer and trans and non-binary non people mm -hmm. in Brazil. Actually, mm -hmm. part of our job here is to make all these people safe mm -hmm. and. It really makes me sad to say some things like this because I, I really think our culture here in Brazil is, is really beautiful, yeah. but it has these shadow parts. And totally, I I wanted to say that I don't live that I don't live with fear, but I live. And I wanted to say that I I could express myself in my country and wear what I want or see what I wanted to see and go outside and express myself, but I can't. But at the same time, I think I always try to find a way to break this wall of of prejudice and and homophobia and all that stuff, doing little by little every day and making sure that I can live another day to do more and more stuff, to protecting more people and welcoming more people. So it's it's kind of part of, it's kind of most of my work in my witchcraft nowadays. 
That's what I often say, um, even in the shop here, is that like this is a witch's work. Like people say, oh, thank you so much for telling me that or taking the time to make me up that little charm bag or those bath salts or whatever. And I'm like, no, 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 this is what we do. I'm like, oh, no, no, I want to pay you for this or I want to do this. I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, this is a witch's work. Like, this is what we do. Um, and we're here to help those others that also live on the fringe or the edge like we do. But, I mean, we're very blessed here, at least at the moment, Touchwood, um, in Australia, that we can at least get around and do what we need to do without too many threats to our physical safety. And, um, yeah, it's just incredible mm-hmm. that what you take on every day. But for me, it's the true essence of being a spirit worker and being a witch is what you're doing. So that's why I'm mm. getting emotional seeing you now, my love. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I, I remember when I visited my brother last year. My brother is currently living in San Francisco, California. And when I was there, we were talking about exactly this difference between living as a queer or a gay people here in Brazil and mm-hmm. living there. One of the things that I said to him, almost crying, was that I I was happy that he was in one of the most safest place for gay people in the world. And yeah. I was really for that because I was not worrying about him outside in the world here in Brazil. He was yeah. safe in some place. And I think it's a challenge to find a way to be queer in a place that is very... Um, hostile and every time are trying to say that you're wrong uh, do, uh, do, do not deserve to be here or something like this and I think it's part of the actually it's part of the lore of the witches here in Brazil or in Latin America actually we have a, hist- a historical um, memory of resistance in front of that not just in front of racism for example but mm. in front of doing this kind of thing, not just in witchcraft actually, yeah. but in Umbanda but as well. I was I was going to ask you about that because um, I know in a, a lot of, of magical traditions, especially in our ancient uh, versions of ourselves, that um, sexuality uh, and or our own gender identity was, was actually something that was, that set us apart, that actually kind of, uh, anointed us for the kind of work that you do and that we were upheld for being a person that had one foot in one world and one foot in another and, like, how um, how much, you know, colonialism changes that concept regardless of what country we're in. But um, it seems as though that that's something, that, you know, very prevalent, especially in a country where um, Catholicism or, or Christianity um uh, was able to destroy so much of your original beliefs and culture. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, even though we have a lot of differences here in Brazil, especially about when when it comes about spirituality, actually, when it comes about where people find comfortable to be and where people find comfortable find find safe to express themselves, we still have some barriers, some 
some walls that are simply just there because, you know, people, people and culture, it's not going <laughs> to end just because we want to. It's going to end if we destroy it and if we replace it with something new. And even though it, it, it's, for example, in witchcraft, it, here in Brazil, we also have so much bullshit about transphobia, homophobia, <laughs> and about racism inside witchcraft and from from people that mm-hmm. say, no, we allow everyone and we want everyone to be welcome and all that stuff, but it just doesn't happen. It it's, seems like... It mi- it's mind-blowing to me. And I, I feel like this is something that, like, you have know, struggled with discovering within Australia and within, um, you know, talking to people in the UK and and before the podcast where it was was just that was my immediate kind of family and stuff, that that was even a fucking question because I just thought being a witch or, or being aligned with, with our ancestors or being aligned with elementals or, or the, what other people's concepts are of the fae, that gender just wouldn't fucking come into it and that we also wouldn't attack each other We've got enough fucking problems with the rest of the world trying to attack us. We're the people that that I was I was naive in my original thought that that didn't happen within witchcraft circles, mm-hmm. and that that is something that we find, and it just boggles my mind. And I just say, well, obviously, you know, no one can tell you exactly who you are or what you believe, but I don't believe that those folks truly understand what what witchcraft or magic is about if that's something they get hung up on. Yeah, and also we're, we're, we're all still, this is not, like I feel like for me where it doesn't shock me is remembering that witches are human and yeah. like we're all grown in the same soup. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I totally get yeah. it, like I think it's bullshit but we are all grown in white supremacy and yes. transphobia and yes. queerphobia. So it's not shocking if someone's witchcraft practice is not um, provoking or undoing or dismantling or transmuting in a deep way rather than like, let's turn up on a ritual on a full moon and I do a ritual. I guess for me that's what I thought finding witches yeah. was. Yeah. I think that that's what meant being that yeah. that person was when we finally found them, when we first mm-hmm. found those movies or novels or characters in folklore that we were like, oh, that's who we are. Okay. If you identify with those beings, that you automatically, and again, that's very naive, (laughs) never assume it makes an ass out of you and me, as Damien (laughs) likes to say. Oh, my God. Like, don't assume that people are going to to understand us and think about us in that way. But, yeah, I mean, um, with such a – sorry, we have such a tiny, in terms of our uh, colonial history in Australia, we've got a very – you know, short history here uh, with the introduction of European witchcraft and European concepts and folklore and that. But, um, you know, you you come from a, a rich culture that's like thousands of years of influence in terms of folklore and magic, and I have a real passion for folklore and fairy lore, and I would love if you could spare a bit of time before we, we you know we've got some we've got plenty of time to, to chat. But I wanted to ask you questions about um, South American fairy lore and and Brazilian folklore and fairy spirits that I'd heard about um, 
and that resonated with me because they seem um, very close. Not that I'm saying they're the same at all, but that um, I understood them a little bit from my experience of, say, Faye from Wales or from um, Ireland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's and a huge tradition. There's so much there I didn't know about. <laughs> yes, we are we are so diverse and we have so many folklore here that it's not explored, not not even considered by witches in Brazil because mm. we are so colonized by the idea that no, we have to go to Ireland, we have to go to Europe because yeah. that's that's what is valid. That what is that's what really happens it's where the magic happens no 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 it's valid and i was like it never resonates it's okay i i i do have relationships with the spirits from europe and all that stuff but it it never resonates really with me as when i was trying to to dwell to dive deep in the land and started to look at my folklore Mm -hmm. and what happens right next to me when I sit in my table with my parents and I ask them oh tell me a story about the folklore and my parents say stories that they lived with the folklore here because we have spirits that does a lot of shit here yes (laughs) and this is incredible and people just forget about it and and I confess I forgot I forgot about it too because I thought it was just something that I learned in the high school mm. and remained there. And I forget that folklore, it's a big chunk of witchcraft. So when yes. I started to reach very people from Brazil, I discovered that there's so many of them and so many, so many of them that was resonating with the kind of witchcraft that I was doing, this resistance, this dismantle the white supremacy and protecting the forest and all that stuff that was like why did i lost all this time yeah so when we have have our own now i might butcher the the pronunciation but it but is it uh curupira 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 yes Yes. so Mm -hmm. The, the, a lot of people was well, this wonderful little short doco I, I watched about it. They were interviewing people about these fairy spirits. And to me, they were very much like the the good folk in Ireland. Um, but that they, because because you find, you find the same similar stories about uh, the good folk or small, small folk, all over like West Africa and then heading heading into the jungle there that 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 these beings were very similar in that they they were kind of leprechaunish in their uh attitude that if you disrespect them, if you like cut down certain trees, if you tried to fool them, they'd fool you, you'd find yourself in all sorts of predicaments in the forest because you had believed something they told you or you'd followed a light, which in the Irish or the or the English would be or the Scots would be like a will of the wisp and how the lights would guide you off into the forest and then before you know you find yourself in all sorts of pickles, and I found it fascinating because I thought these I know these beings, and I think, um, yeah, I'd just love to know more about them or how or how you kind of un- understand them. 
Yes, it's it's incredible how this how these stories repeat throughout mm. the world. Like Kurupira, for example, Kurupira. has this turn um, turn around, and when he walk, when he or she walks, uh, it's kind of a it's kind of she is going to in a in somewhere, but it's it's actually the opposite direction that she's walking, and she does that just to confuse. The, the 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 hunters that it goes inside the forest to hunt little animals because Kurupira protects these animals. Ah, and, so she lead they uh, would lead them away from the animals. Yes, and <laughs> if it get really really real, Kurupira starts to scream so loudly and so hard that it could drive someone mad. Yes. Almost all, all of our fake people here in Brazil can drive someone mad. That's what I heard that I think resonated because it reminded me of the banshee. Like it mm -hmm. reminded me of the of the banshees, yeah, where they would, they would call for, for a family death or they would scream so loud and they would unendingly scream that that person would be driven mad. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if, if it's not about the voice, it's about the eye. Ayanga, which is a spirit Ayanga. here from Brazil Ayanga. as well, has fiery eyes that when someone looks into the, his eyes, turns someone mad Whoa. and driving directly to madness. <laughs> and, it, uh, and he's a protector of the forest too. Yes. So the fairy people here in Brazil are very territorial, like very protective <laughs> of the history that they keep Yes. In this place. Indeed. Gosh, imagine what they have saved already in their work. <laughs> We have yes, similar spirits here in, in Australian folklore and Indigenous folklore, and I'm really interested in, in learning more about it uh, across the globe. But that's, yeah, it's awesome <laughs> to hear it first person because, yeah, I very, saw a very short documentary about it and I was like, Yes, that makes sense. And the way that it's spoken about in families, like it's kind of like Fight Club, you talk about them but you don't talk about them. They're like the good neighbours like you do in Irish law, you don't mm -hmm. mention them when you shouldn't, you don't, you know, you, mm -hmm. you put out offerings for them, you're, you're respectful, you don't walk into a forest, you know, swing a sword or an axe or mm -hmm. metal around without, you know, introducing yourself properly first and things like that. Mm -hmm. I think um, mm -hmm. I love it. <laughs> Lilo, are there... Um, oh, sorry, you, you go. Oh, okay. And it's very interesting because here in Brazil, everyone can talk about folklore, but mm. when they talk about folklore, it's something like really, oh, no, this is the stories that I heard when I was a child. But yeah. when things happen, when things really happen, and these things happen in each family here in Brazil, people <laughs> know what to do. They People straight know away know who make... it is. <laughs> yes, they know that mm, this is Kurupira. Okay, I know what to do. And then go to do this thing. And I was like, oh, it was just about the stories? So this is real right now? Yeah. This is our... It's only when it's <laughs> happening to someone. They take it, they yeah, take it then seriously. It's, then it's real. <laughs> um, so that's yeah. super similar in Bali. Um, every, like all, you know, you don't have to be a spirit worker to, or, 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 you know, or a, uh, a mystic or a witch to kind of have this happen to you. No. And so many things must go on in this country, like in Australia, oh. that people are just 
not aware of or so like absent-minded and ignorant that they don't even see happening. But then there are of course the times that people seek us out, like witches, Mm -hmm. because they're like, well, who the fuck do I go to? Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm wondering, Lilo, are there people like other than the modern revival movement of witchcraft, which I know there's Gardnerians and Alexandrians and like reclaiming and fairy witches in Brazil and Druids. Like I met a bunch of you, but I'm interested in the traditional witchcraft of like the different ways of how Brazil formed with like Portuguese invasion and colonization and the African slave trade and, and the, and the, the, the native traditions. Like, do you know, do you know of any um, people alluding to more syncretic, I guess Umbanda is syncretic, but like um, syncretic like which like Portuguese witches or African witches or um, who people go to in Brazil? Like who do people go to? Who do, who do the, like who do people go to like your ordinary people when something weird happens in Brazil and they need some specialist, who would they go to? Besides the priest mm-hmm. that told them it's already, it's not a problem. They need to just go yeah. home and <laughs> say a few Hail Marys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's really interesting because, Actually, witches here in Brazil are not the people that someone goes when something exactly. went wrong. Yeah, like right. We have specific people that we go to, especially with the Umbanda in Canton Black people. Like mm-hmm. these religions has a huge importance in Brazil, even though people don't admit it. Because when things get wrong or when you need something really strong or mm-hmm. when you need someone to be saved. You, you take this person to an Umbanda temple and you talk to the guys there and you ask them to pray, to do spells and to do some work. Mm. But, it's not, but it's not named as you witchcraft. You talk about it's not, in that way. Yes, yes, yes. Most of people don't talk about it because it's something like secret. Mm, mm. Like, I don't want people to know that I go to an Umbanda temple with my child because I wanted, I wanted them to bless my child. They just talk that, oh, they, it, my child received a bless, a bless, a blessing. Just that. Yeah. But, the, but usually people don't say that they go to Umbanda. <laughs> and we have, we have what we call here in Brazil, Benzedeiras, which mm-hmm. is like a kind of a spirit worker that yes. works with specific spells. And this is only passed through oral tradition here in Brazil. And mm. some and sometimes people take their child or take take people who needs a prayer or who needs a healing to these people. And it's very cultural actually mm. here in Brazil. So this is a this is the people that we call that most of people that are not witches, actually, especially sometimes witches go to these people as well. Nice. I know a lot of witches that simply go to a Umbanda temple and talk to the guides because they need help mm. because they couldn't solve a problem. Mm. And, they do, and they solve the problem. So mm-hmm. it's very interesting how we go that. back to, to these origins and how sometimes witches here in Brazil as well can be very mean to mm. to abandoning because of the Christian roots that yes. remain there, especially yes. Umbanda, because of secretism and uh, and the the Catholicism that remains there. But the real the thing is like the real c- continuity is in the syncretism. 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> and sometimes people don't think about it because they are afraid to have these conversations. Because sometimes I think it's I think it's it had something about this this feeling of have something very pure. Mm. Like no, this is not this is not a blend of a lot of things no. together. It's something very pure that comes from a lineage from Europe that is very important and sometimes very white. And mm-hmm. this is very important to remain in that way. So we will not have this conversation about how, how syncretism is also a problem, but it's also important to yes. keep the tradition working and alive. We don't need to talk about it as long as the as long as the spell works. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's actually I think I reflect on this thing about syncretism quite a lot because the because I find the syncretic parts of the traditions I'm in the most interesting. And I think that I think that this idea around a pure paganism, like like the like the Margaret Murray thesis, which has been completely obliterated, but this idea that there is this like continuous witch cult in the way in which she was describing it and the way in which Gardner and some of his um, descendants then also described it, like this secret clandestine pagan thing. And it's just not like a thing like there are some cases um like in the mari republic in russia and in parts of eastern europe where there are actually ethnic groups of people who they didn't adopt christianity we know that that's academically um observed but we wouldn't say that they were witches necessarily they have spirit workers and shamans sure mm. and they are really interesting cases and there's even places in like parts of the british isles and ireland that also indicate that there was like some people living alongside of Christianity who would go to church and stuff, but didn't really adopt it in any way. way. Mm -mm. But then of course there were all the families who would and did, and some like legitimately totally theologically converted and others culturally converted. But I think that's really interesting. I think like so many of the spells I've been passed have saints in them. And like, I think I'm just like, I know what's going on. Like I I feel like it's kind of obvious to me, but I also truck with, pagan gods like side by side i love that you said you truck with pagan gods. i do it's kind of hot. <laughs> that's the next neil gaiman novel i want to read i mean it just seemed it just seems obvious to me like i feel i, I mean i get but i get why i really understand why people who were raised because i wasn't who were raised with christianity like which in so many ways is so oppressive and so anti-woman and anti-sex and anti-gay and and like and anti-earth sometimes sometimes mm-hmm. um I get why people don't want any of it. Like, I understand that. And I think it's also fine to reconstruct, like, ancient religions as long as people are like, well, how do we do it now? How how, how do we contextualize this ancient religion now? Yeah. Rather than let's just do it exactly as they did, as closely as we can get. And then, of course, the some reconstructionists get so fucking academic. And I spent years with them, like the Greek reconstructionists. So I know mm. some of them just get so heady and they don't have ecstatic practice. I would, I'd make them all roll in their grave. Because usually <laughs> when they come into to the witch shop or the crystal shop, I'd be like, look, if you don't have that or you can't find that herb, what would a witch do? They'd make do. Witches are nothing if not practical beings. Mm-hmm. If you can't find that substance, you can't find that herb, sit with different plants, mm. ask them if they can assist you in that yeah. same right, and then do it. Yeah. Don't not do it to protect your family member or, or your farm or your land or your property or anything because you can't find exactly the same herb that someone told you a million. Like 
but with with respect to tradition and folklore, like as much as you can. But when it comes down to it, get to your local green grocer, buy some fresh herbs and some salt, and get shit done. <laughs> yes. yes, yes, and and that's that's interesting because I I've learned that in in the real world, like I I've never heard about these considerations before in Brazil or especially in Portuguese. I had to. I had to reach out people outside my country to learn that. And mm. also I learned that from the spirits because it's yes. a thing about how, how you can, how you can reconstruct something without like um, messing up with all this stuff and blending with other things and yes. become like a fucking Frankenstein that doesn't belong to anywhere. But also there's this cultural appropriation that can happen in the folklore yes. and the, in the, indigenous people here and that it's just fucking crazy and happens and and actually I had a chance to learn especially and directly from the spirits about that because there's a lot of witches here in Brazil who really loves to remain in a pagan way and refuses all that is Christianity and all that is Christianism and Catholicism so Mm. they go to to, oh, if you want to honor Brazil and its culture, we have to honor the traditional gods from the people who are living here. And they worship the gods from Umbanda and Candomblé in a witchcraft way. They take these gods, these spirits, these goddesses from a very specific mm-hmm. context mm-hmm. and put in a very white, very European witchcraft. Yeah. And this is so 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 wrong but <laughs> even though i knew that it's so wrong i i i wanted to learn this from the spirits because it was just academic and something yeah. wrong inside that no so i went to the spirit and i was having experiences with um folklore ex- uh, spirits exactly i i had experience with kuka with kurupira with sasi which is very people here from Brazil. Mm-hmm. And they took me to talk with um, spirits from the ancestors of my land, of the Jacutinga people, who were the traditional people from my land. And when I was talking with them, I was talking about how far I can go to honor you and how far I can go to work with you. And it was mm-hmm. like very blurred to me because they didn't answer. So, uh, okay, so I will do an experiment. I tried to invoke a goddess from the traditional people here, which is called Jassi, the goddess of the moon for the Guarani people, who happens to live here in Brazil as well. And Jassi, the goddess, didn't answer me. She didn't want to. And then I came back to the spirits of the land, the Jacutinga people that reached me in the, in the spiritual world. And I asked them why, what happened? And they said to me, this goddess is our goddess. They don't want to work with you because her mysteries are alive mm. in their people. Mm. And she wants you to support Shit. their people to still be yes. alive and yeah honoring them because you don't know their cosmology yes. you you don't know you don't know her myths you are not part of this culture so you're not going to reach them 
you're not going to reach her or mm -hmm. any other god or goddess indigenous people of your land. But the fairy people wants to work with you. Yeah. So that's what they noticed that you respected it. I think so. I, I try to believe that I that that's what happened. <laughs> but I really listened to this. Like I was like, okay, yeah. so that's yeah. the limit. That that's the limit for the this cultural appropriation stuff that I was. Mm -hmm. about. So it's a huge lesson, will, especially for us um, folks here in Australia too. And this is why I won't ever invoke into a a witch's circle any indigenous spirit. Mm. Um, like I often will, when I lived in Wurundjeri country, I would acknowledge Bunjil, the creator who, yeah. who, who often is in the form of a, an eagle hawk. I would acknowledge him, but never in the circle. But sometimes I would have spontaneous experiences with them, but not in my rituals. I'm sure that's yeah. oh, a blessing yeah, on a it's ritual just for them just to show up and be like, yeah. hey, we see you. Yeah. Um. So that we are at the end of our call, but we could keep, I really love that you ended that. Um, I really love that you ended it with that story, Lilo, because that's a profound, very experiential, practical reality of all the things we talk about, which can be so heady and conceptual. Um, so I really am so thankful that you shared that. Can we call you again? Can we go steady? <laughs> Yes, I would, I would love, love that. To talk more about that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that'll be you. fabulous. How do we? Um, so I know that you write for Gods and Radicals. Are there other ways that people can find your work? Yes, plug all your stuff. This is your moment. Tell us how people can find you and how they can connect with you online. Oh, this is hard for me because I'm not that kind of public person that shows up there. Their public things and writings and stuff. I try to remain in community and expand myself very oral, but I, I write for Gods and, for Gods and Radicals and I, I share much of my stuff in Facebook or my Instagram, which is the same name from 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 the link. I don't know. Can you spell it out, it out for us, you know, Aussie specials? What, sorry? Could you spell it out for us? <laughs> Your Instagram. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's Lilo Asensi. Okay. So L-I-L-O-A-S-S-E-N-C-I. Yes. Thank you for you. Get into it. Okay. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you so much for being with uh, us from um, Brazil. Blessings so much to you and take care of yourself. And we hope that we can talk to you again soon. It was wonderful Yay. to meet you. And thank you to all our listeners tonight. Ashe. Mm, thank you. Mwah. Mwah. On the hill that lay beneath the wolf sky, we felt the dark clouds falling, an omen apparition, and with the thunder rolling, our how preceded the storm. We lay beneath the wolf sky, we lay beneath the wolf sky. This has been the Antipodean Arts Podcast. Music by Wendy Rule. The song is Wolf Sky.